Do you want a fine piece of furniture that doubles as a euro rack case? Do you want this fine piece of furniture to be a completely unique work of art? The only one like it in the world? Then go check out Needham Woodworks. They have all the answers to all the questions that you just had pop up in your mind based off of what I just said. N-E-E-D-H-A-M woodworks.com also want to give a shout out to Patchworks my favorite synth shop here in Seattle go to patchworks.com and buy something tell them that you bought it because you heard me tell you to buy it and then tell me what you bought and then enjoy that thing that you bought p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s dot com and thank you to Lisa Belladonna for this tasty tasty jam Now let's get into this episode. Pod Mod Bods, welcome back to Podular Modcast. I'm your host, Tim Held, and I'm making this intro up as I go. Uh, Velocity has already happened by the time you hear this, but it hasn't happened to me recording it. So I want to tell you all about it, but I can't. So next week, I'll tell you all about it. What I can tell you all about is uh, Ben Divkid Wilson is in town, and we got to go, and I got to give him my uh, PodMod's Guide to Seattle, which was a little bit more of a PodMod Guide to Western Washington. I I didn't want to take him to, like, Pike Place Market and the Space Needle, because... Nobody who lives in Seattle goes to those places. Um, pretty much only when older relatives come in and they want to see them. But uh, not to say that those things aren't cool. It's just, it's not Seattle to me. So I brought them to, uh, yeah, just what I, what I thought was the coolest, the coolest stuff you could do within a day. Um, and there's going to be a video of that. Um, it probably won't be out for a little bit cause you know, he's got a lot of work here with velocity. Um, and he's shooting a lot of stuff. So if, if he's shooting with like a manufacturer or something there, there might be time sensitive stuff with releases and all that, but, but do keep an eye out because we had a lot of fun. Um, and we ended up back down in my neighborhood and invited a bunch of the, a bunch of people came out and we, uh, we had some beers and, yeah, it was it was a good time. So thank you, Ben, for coming out. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having him co-host the live podcast this weekend. If you were there and it went well, um, cool. <laughs> that didn't mean anything. Oh, man, time's weird, right? Time, tra- time travel. I want to make a shirt that says, time travel, colon, it's a trip. And like put like a stupid looking face behind it. Um it's not that funny. I probably shouldn't have shared that with you. Other than Ben uh, coming into town, the sabbatical has been great. Uh, I was telling my wife last night that it's just, I've never, I've never gone this long without, you know, I just haven't been depressed lately. I, I do get anxiety every once in a while because of, I don't know what the future holds for me. Um, but the depression seems to be completely lifted. Uh, I'm just, I'm having so much fun doing what I'm doing and it's you know it's so it's it's because of you listening to the show uh just by listening to the show you are literally making my dreams come true 
so let that sink in. I'm not pandering right now. That's, that's, that's real. I'm doing exactly what I want to do right now. It's, it's Wednesday. It's 10.30 a.m. I'm at work right now talking to you. It's, it's the best. So thank you so, so much. Yeah, the, the, the no depression thing. Like, but like I said, the anxiety. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning with anxiety. Like, what am I going to do in two weeks? That's about how much time I've got. Um, but I think that's kind of, it's kind of exciting. This is the first time in my life where I've been kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. And luckily I do have the safety net of going back into the old job if I want it. Um, but the more, the longer I've been out, the more I realize I, I can't go back there. So I might just try to find, you know, like if I have to bust tables or if I could, you know, work for my local coffee shop or something like that, I think... I think I'm going to try to do something like that rather than go back. Like I would rather make, you know, half the money and, uh, you know, be 10 times happier. (laughs) So I'm rambling now, but thank you for supporting me. Thank you to everybody on Patreon who's supporting me. It's been, it's been really cool. Um, more and more people are, are jumping on and helping me out. And that's just like, like if I get, if I get six times the amount of Patreon subscribers I have right now, I won't have to have another job. That's a lot to ask, but I would like to get to a hundred. I'm in the mid eighties. Can we get to a hundred in October? That would be sweet. Just a dollar a month. Um, yeah, that all helps. And speaking of, you know, Patreon, let's, let's do some proper shout outs. Cause there's been a lot of cool kids joining up lately. Alright, so here are all the cool kids. I'm just going to go through all of them because, um, yeah, why not? Epsilon Records, thank you so much. You are officially a cool kid. David O'Brien, you sir, I dub you a cool kid. Paul Cousin, Prentice Riddle, Tyler Gilmore, John Cars, Matthew Steinwachs, I hope I said that right. Pete Sandbach, Sandbach, pretty sure I got that right. Harry Fuller, Connor Duro. You guys are all officially pod mod cool kids. How does it feel? It's pretty good, huh? Everybody listening right now who's not a pod mod cool kid officially is uh, is probably feeling a little jealous right now. All right, official shout outs. Um, I've emailed all of you and asked if there's a specific way you'd like me to shout you out, and I haven't heard from all of you. Um, So if I give you a shout out now, but you're like, hey, I'd also like you to promote this thing, then send me an email. Dark Main, Aaron Wells, Bill Artiega, Fayak Helmy, Chris Ruger, Dan Walbeck of DPW Design, um, Jay Ryan, Juan John Juan, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, Cherish the Love, Cynthia Maloran, uh, past guest, Ethics uh, Music, E-F-F-I-K-S Music, Vile Mask, Michael Manning, Robert Cannon, Robert Campbell, Julian Cunningham, and I think I think that's I think everybody else. I think we're caught up. Thank you so much to all of you guys. You're, that's it's like I said earlier. It just means the world to me. And speaking of Juan John Juan, um, super elite Patreon pod mod bod. Juan has done just about every single. I think he may have done a, like probably the last 
three or four months at least, maybe more. Every week he does the Pod Mod Patch Challenge. So the guest does it, and I always encourage the listeners to do it. And I don't know how many of you do it, but he does it and posts it on Instagram every week. And it's uh, it's so cool to see him so engaged. Um, so yeah, you can uh, you can go. He actually so he released an album called Fifteen Minute Musings, um, which are just the the pod mod patch challenges. So if you could go uh, check that out at Juan John Juan, that's J-U-A-N-J-O-H-N-J-A-U-N-E dot bandcamp.com. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. That, I just wanted to make sure I was reading that right. But the second Juan is spelt different. It's uh, maybe I'm not saying it right. Juan, if I'm not saying this right, please get a hold of me. Um, yeah, and this, and this, uh, track that you hear, um, playing below me is actually called Dark Medicine, which was a previous, uh, patch challenge, but this one is from Juan. Um, yeah, so again, please go, please go check out his album on, on, uh, Bandcamp. I think that will do it for the intro. Let's get into this discussion with Dan Green from 4MS. joining me how's uh how's the weather down in portland we've had nice sunny days for the last few days but it's cold as hell um it's yeah it's sunny it's been pretty nice a little little crisp um i like it it's kind of you know yeah. you're not worried about getting sunburned but you're uh, <laughs> but you still get some some nice fall weather yeah yeah well i usually like to uh start off by getting um the guests like backstory as far as they want to go back but i want to urge anybody who's listening who hasn't read uh, the first issue of waveform magazine to go check out the uh the interview that you did with ellison in there because it's a pretty great read and i don't want to make you uh tell stories that you've told a million times either so there's a good story about the 3ms to 4ms thing and in that uh, issue, and I'm sure you're tired oh, yeah. of telling that story. No. So, um. <laughs> See, with my memory, I, I forget. You know, it's like a new story to me every time. So. Perfect. Well, let's go back as far as you want to. Um, I kind of just want to hear your your journey into like becoming a musician, into tinkering, into becoming you know pedals, and then Eurorack, um, and just yeah, just however you want to answer that question, going back as far as you want. Yeah. Um, well, gee, I don't know. Um, you know, really, it, it started with electronics. Um, I started tinkering with electronics, I think I was like around eight or so. Um, around then, yeah, I started to, uh, like, I got a Radio Shack kit, um, like a uh-huh. thousand, I don't know, 120 in one project kit or something my parents gave me for Christmas when I was a kid. And I thought it was just awesome. Yeah. You know, every page was yeah. a different thing, and and you you put you have little spring clips, and you connect the components like um, with little wires, and uh, yeah, you could make like Morse code things and little LED display. Like you could make a number show up on an LED display. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I, mean, I made some like music stuff, but um, really I was just into like the create and building stuff, making stuff, and then. Um, uh, I, t- I took violin in school as a kid, uh, and I, you know it was okay. It wasn't my favorite thing. Didn't really click because it was very like learning the form and learning the um, you know there wasn't much creative 
outlet mm-hmm. in there when you're you know a kid. I wasn't really allowed to s- solo or improvise or t- in fact it was <laughs> f- it's forbidden from improvising. <laughs> you're supposed to play yeah. what's on what's written on the note. So I, I didn't really click with that um, that much, but uh, I did learn some music theory from it and whatnot. Um, then in high school or maybe like late junior high, I got an acoustic guitar that I found in my grandfather's basement and uh, started jamming on that and, you know, got some books and learned guitar chords and was like, wow, this is fun. Um, And uh, that led to me getting an electric guitar. So um, saved my money up and got a like a hundred dollar strat something <laughs> electric yeah and which was fun yeah and it was like a real you know like i had, had a toy guitar before so i was like a real guitar and i was really into like learning songs that i heard on the radio you know this was like nirvana and like stone temple pilots era and you know so i was like learning all their chords and 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 stuff and being a teenager and you know grunge and um and then i wanted to make all those crazy sounds that i was hearing you know distortion and then like weird like synth sounds that I could hear but I didn't know really how people made them and, and stuff so um, I I found out about effect pedals and then I wanted to build, um, so I started building effect pedals because I had this electronics kind of like comfortableness mm-hmm. with electronics and then um, there was enough internet back then to get schematics so um, I got, yeah, I got some schematics and I got some library books and started figuring that out just at home, like breadboards, um, I got some electronics parts from my high school that had an electronics class, but it was um, it was it was uh, it was basically the way like foot wannabe football players got to be on the football team because the <laughs> teacher was a um, uh, was the football coach, and yeah, I was the only kid there was like actually there for electronics, so. <laughs> so he was cool, and he let me take parts out of the parts cabinet, take them home, just kind of yeah. discreetly. And so, so I was able to like, yeah, get some op amps and get some resistors and caps and make little distortion sounds and stuff. And I just loved like, you know, if you turn the gain way, way up, like past what you're supposed to, it would just squeal and howl and you know make all these crazy sounds. And and so I started making things that yeah were kind of nuts. That um, yeah. <laughs> yeah made our rock and roll band turn into a noise band, and that wasn't uh, I was the only one really into that. And <laughs> I was going to ask if uh, if getting into like how much um, the devices you were making at that time maybe kind of led your ear and what your musical taste could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I just it's like as soon as I'd make an effect, you know, I'd make oh, oh cool, that's a fuzz sound, and then I'm like I'm done. It's I'm done with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's over. Like, let's do something else. Or let's, like, change all, you know, like, what does this resistor do? You know, put a different one in. Wow, it's, like, insane. Oh, it's all, like, crackly sounding, you know. Just just pure experimenting with, um, I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing. Like, you have sound, and then you can just run the sound through these electronic, these components, which are, like, these magical black boxes to, like, you know, the un... You know, they seemed that way to, to to me at the time, and then this crazy other sound you've never heard before come out. It was just like mm-hmm. amazing. This is amazing playground. So I still feel that way about it, though I know a little bit more about the black box inside. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Um. Well, so you made the jump to. Uh, well, I don't want. I don't know if I want to get that far ahead. Um. So 
you go to St. Louis or uh, to do you were doing college there and then you and then you kind of quit uh, yeah early yeah I actually then, went to college at U of um, U of I so Central oh, that's Illinois right, that's right. whatever you know to us uh-huh. West West Coast people it's all like West Virginia <laughs> Ohio whatever Indiana <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like one thing so um, but yeah I was yeah and then I went to St Louis um, where where because of the yeah the cheap housing situation there was just like awesome for starting a little business because it still is awesome like because mm-hmm. yeah it's just tons of space and super cheap and um yeah you yeah. guys bought a house for eight hundred dollars yeah right? <laughs> that's a pretty funny story in that in the waveform article um and it sounds like that house is still going. It's kind of you started like an art collective thing there, and it's still going. Yeah, it's still going. It hasn't been. It, it, it you know it's been raided by the cops, and you know like all kinds of stuffs happened. Like, um, but it's still it bounces back every time, and it's still there. <laughs> um, they're still doing potlucks and you know gardening and all kinds of. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I yeah, I never would have thought that. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's where 3MS started and yeah. then became 4MS and you went to Austin. Is that the right timeline? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We became 4MS in uh, St. Louis. Right. And then we moved to Austin maybe like five, six years after that. Um, yeah. And then we're in Austin for three and a half years or so. Okay. Um, and that's when the Eurorack stuff started after... Um, Somebody yeah. from a, a local shop sent you a dope for kit, and you fell in love. Yeah, um, it was actually uh, uh, Josh Humphrey from um, uh, Big City Music at the time he worked okay. there, um, and and now he's got his own company, or, or he he just released a really awesome um, quad operator module. Uh, I forget the name. I think it's called Quad Operator or something. But yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, he's got a thing now, um, and but he just we we were selling pedals to big city music um mm-hmm. you know just like here and there like um and then he just some reason thought our pedals would be awesome as modules and just was like dude i'm gonna help you you know figure <laughs> out this, how to you got to do it you got to make your pedal as a module so now and t- before he sent you that that dope for case were you kind of just like yeah sure dude and then like, sounded like did it sound appealing to you until you actually got hands-on experience with it? Or you know, I I actually like I had I had like seen I'd been around like some uh, modular since I probably was like Moog or or some five U. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, I don't really actually know and like mess with it, but never had enough time to like s- spend time with it. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then. Um, also the lunchbox series was kind of happening at the same time too. And there was other people trying to get us into the lunchbox series and, you know, and, and I, so I was kind of exploring like the, yeah, the modular, um, excuse me, the modular, um, like the options we had. Cause I knew like the pedal thing wasn't, we had, we had been decreasing on the pedals and doing these more like monster boxes, which was like (laughs) pre-wired pedals, like tons of, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Basically, it was a modular system, but it wasn't a rackable modular. It was just like so people were like, "I want nine pedals in one box, and I want them <laughs> wired this way," you know. And there'd be all these jacks on the back, and like you know, mm-hmm. it was it was the same thing. So 
we were like, well, there's these modular formats. What should we, you know, should we look at them? But just not having access to anything, I really just didn't know, you know, I didn't know Eurorack from, um, you know, synthesizers.com from Lunchbox, you know. Right, um, okay. And so someone just once showed up on my doorstep, then that's when I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right, this is the one, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so what's, what's a, like, what a perfect system to show up to because the Dopher stuff is so cool and it's, and it's just so intuitive to use. And yeah. it's like just real simple stuff, but you can do some pretty good stuff with it um, once yeah. you figure it out. Yeah, it was like lab equipment, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, everything here has like a purpose. Nothing's like named like, like random fart. No, you know, like everything's like, right. a, like you know what it's gonna do. It's not just like I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I was I forgot who I was just talking to, um, but just had had Dieter Dope for not made like his, you know, made the Eurorack format or whatever. Like, it would what would be going on right now? I don't think like the scene would be totally different if there even would be a scene. It's so funny to hear how, I don't know. I got to get him on the show. Um, yeah, we're not here to talk about that. Okay. (laughs) The what if the alternate universe where where you're, you know, we, you know, there was, um, uh, what the analog, uh, blank analog systems, analog solutions. I get them analog systems. The one uh where the holes, it's your rack, but the holes are offset a little bit. Um, uh, huh. And they have the other kind of header. Like, they, mm-hmm. have, they made a lot of modules. So, you yeah. know, maybe that in this alternate, you know, like, what if the South had won the war kind of thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, they had, not that they're, like, Confederates, but it's just like, a, it was a competing standard. Maybe a better analogy would be, like, what if Betamax had won, you know? Yeah, right, right. Like, what if, you know... Or if H, what, what was it, H, with the maroon stuff? Was it just HD H- against Blu-ray? Oh yeah, HD and Blu-ray. Oh wait, was it HD? Yeah. Was it what? What was it? I, I just went to my parents' house and I found this like box in the garage that, for some reason, we ended up with one of my really close friends' stuff. Um, I think it's because we lived together a while ago. Either way, I just I saw this box and it's just full of like the adapter for an, an Xbox oh, yeah. to play those those movies and a like just like a box full of those movies. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, this is absolutely worthless technology. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, vintage cafes want them, you know. Like oh, really? Yeah, there's like these vintage cafes where you play old video games. You know, they have old original NES and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, well, maybe. I'll... Yeah, save it. Yeah. <laughs> old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm curious, like. So, like we were just talking about a little earlier, you're getting into different making. Um, you're making different kinds of noise makers and everything influenced uh the kind of music you listen to getting into making modules did that did that influence stuff because it sounds like you're definitely from more of a you know a rock noise background than a synth synth (laughs) background yeah um gosh i'd i'd i laughed like the i don't know if i ever yeah okay okay yeah rock noise i think that is how i got into noise um it was kind of the like you know the end of the song at the, on the last track of the like double album where like it just turns uh-huh. into noise at the end like uh-huh. that was like but it started with rock it didn't start with techno so yeah um, but then uh, you know that's probably just because I grew up in the United States where we we have all this rock but uh, right um, in, in the Midwest but uh, yeah I, the you know one other thing that helped me along is I got these um, when I was starting to sell pedals, I got this box of circuit boards from Digitech or from like an employee at Digitech who wanted to trade mm-hmm. a guitar pedal for, so I made him a pedal and he sent me a box of like 
their reject circuit boards. So they had uh -huh. like wires on, they were like snipped and like traces cut and you know, like like handwritten like bad IO, you know, thing written on there mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, and I was able to find some schematics of them. But anyways, the, what I'm getting at is that there's a flanger in there and if I turned the trim pot all the way up, it would oscillate, you know, it would, it would like feedback resonate. Mm -hmm. And then the knobs just, it was a, you know, it was like a, not a VCO, but it was, had an LFO driving an oscillator and I could go, woo, mm -hmm. woo, woo, you know, make <laughs> siren sounds and stuff. And like, that was like my other instrument, you know, and I didn't know, um, since as a separate thing, I just knew like I was making cool sounds. So, right, right. Um, but yeah, but I guess what your question, back to your question, um, for sure, I think learning the, just getting more familiar with like the things you can do with, uh, you know, from a s synthesis perspective is, um, has changed. When I hear music, I, I'm kind of deconstructing it in my head of like, oh, that's, that's that. Oh, you know, they're, oh, the, you know, their, their rhythm is super repetitive, you know, so it's probably just like mm -hmm. a basic sequencer, you know, or like, oh, wow, that's like crazy how they're humanizing that, that drum beat, you know, that they right, must have right. some like, well, I wonder how they're doing that, you know. So like, it, kind of like figuring it out because I, you know, because now, you know, I, I know some of the tricks, so I'm like learning tricks and just from listening yeah. to music or at least paying attention to, you know, what people are doing. <laughs> That's We're so funny you say that. Like, my wife and I were just driving. Um, we just went on a road trip for our anniversary. And uh, I don't know what we were listening to, but I um, I just made some remark about, like, oh, wow, that's cool. They did this to make this sound. Mm -hmm. And she was like, uh, oh, you must hear music so much differently than I do because you're a musician and I'm not. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I think now from me to you is, like, the next jump from, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a musician as well, but I don't. I don't design circuits and make the things that make the noise. So I could see like oh, yeah. you being just like the next level above that. Like, so I get, I guess it sounds like listening to music, that experience changed. Oh gosh. Yeah. When you get oh. Yes. I know what you mean. And it, well, it, it can be a curse. Um, because, <laughs> well, cause like I'm at, you know, like some performance or something and like their sound system is awful, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the speakers, you know, it's just, they didn't EQ anything and the room is all echoey and like the speakers are tiny and they're drumming, you know, huge bass through it and it's just distorting it. Everybody's just like, <laughs> yay, yeah. you know, but I'm like, ah, you need to use EQ, ah, you're clipping your channels, ah, you know, yeah. like any, anyone familiar with recording would, you know, would feel the mm -hmm. same. So it yeah. can be a curse. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, and the other kind of curse aspect of it is sometimes I'm just like distracted by like, you know, I wonder what chips they're using or like, yeah, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> it's not oh, just enjoying the moment, but... It, right, you know. right. But you still enjoy that aspect of, I mean, of the, the musical side, that curiosity. I mean, you're still creating stuff and you're still obviously have, you know, fresh new ideas. You guys are definitely, seems like you guys are coming out with some pretty unique stuff. Um, and yeah. since the beginning, too, it's like you said your first real modular was the rotating clock divider. Um Mm -hmm. Which is funny because that's still that's like one that's still on my list because it just seems like such a solid, unique module that not you know like to get what you can get out of that without menu diving is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. I I still use it too. That's 
You know, some I've made things since then that I don't use anymore. But like that yeah. one for some, it's just yeah, it's small. It's just like you're never gonna forget how to use it. You're just like yeah. There's the input. There's the outputs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's see here. I I want I want to get into the spherical wavetable navigator for sure because I'm just endlessly fascinated by that. Um, yeah. But I also want you know I want you to be able to talk about <clears throat> some stuff that you're interested in. From I mean obviously you're interested in that, but you've been talking about that uh, module for a while. So before we get into that, mm-hmm. how's your woodworking coming? Are you still working on woodworking? <laughs> it's still, it's st- the f- <laughs> what interview was that? Oh, was that from? Uh... <laughs> that was in waveform. Yeah. Or no, no, it's from your bio on uh, on the website. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, um, I think didn't I say something? I forgot. Yeah, it's still on hold. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I still have like I have it all like you know braced out with the clamps on it, like ready for me to cut, make one more cut, one more uh-huh. cut, and then. Uh, <laughs> Or like route out the edge, of, you know, and it's just like one of those scary ones. If you do it wrong, then everything you did up to that point is screwed, you know. Uh-huh. So, so just kind of waiting. Is it, a, until, is it a modular case? Is that what you're trying to make? No, it's or? a bookshelf. So it's just all oh, like okay. it's just like um, in a flurry. Like so, I have a one-year-old son, and so a mm-hmm. year ago, well, actually, let's say um, a year ago minus maybe one trimester. Or so, um, you know, we just started freaking out because like we're we're about to have this baby in the house, you know, uh-huh. and then you know. It's just like a new, we're about to be new parents. Everything in our life is going to change. You know, all these people are like, everything in your life is going to change. And, you know, <laughs> so we're we're kind of just trying to, and we're nesting, like all our nesting hormones are just like surging through our, you know, our uh-huh. body. So like, <laughs> I just like, I have to build a safer bookshelf right now, uh-huh. you know, so, and I have to buy the tools and learn how to do this. So. Um, and so, and I got that far and then, then we're in labor and I didn't finish. So, um, so it's just sitting there still, uh, but, and it's fine. It's also like, yeah, I don't know. I was a lot more worried about my not even born yet son Uh being, you know, hurt. Now I'm like, well, still, you know, worried about being hurt, but it's le- it's just more apparent like what he's actually going to get in trouble with and what he's not. So, so I'm just right, less right. more now I'm like, Oh yeah, I would like to finish that so I can like show it off to people, you know, but Hey, I made this thing. Look, it looks cool. You know? So. Oh, cool. But, okay. Well, so yeah. you said earlier that people were telling you how much your life was going to change. And that is, that seems like something that a lot of people with kids like to almost like taunt yeah. um, parents, like upcoming new parents. Um, and, I, I, my wife and I are on, we are on the trajectory. We're going to, we're starting to try. Oh yeah. Your whole life's going to change. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to say that. I think you just have to say that to to new parents. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Everything's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, how true, how true was it? I mean, obviously it's a huge change, but I mean, you're still able to, uh, you know, you know, do your, do your thing and at 4MS and, Mm -hmm. Uh, can pursue passions and whatnot. And I guess, I guess I'm looking for someone to tell me that I'm still going to be able to do music in my podcast. You will, but you won't for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) I think, I mean, probably, I don't know. I wasn't able, like I, yeah, I took some time, took like four months, three and a half months off of paternity time. And Mm -hmm. when I was like mentally, I thought I was ready to go back. I was wanting to go back to like, Mm -hmm. you know, have something outside of the house to do. And, um, I just, I came to work and I was like, two hours later, I'm like, how did I used to do this all day long? Like, this is exhausting. <laughs> like, I need, you know, because like the sleep deprivation and all these things. Um, but yeah, but it's the most, you know, I guess 
it's kind of like, it's like as big of a change as like being, you know, having never fallen in love with someone and then for the first time you fall in love with someone and like everything mm -hmm. changes. You know, suddenly you have this like person who you're, you know, you're attached to and, you know, you can do stuff with and like, it's, I mean, it is exactly that. Like there's this new person that I'm like super uh -huh. attached to and, you know, I fell in love with this guy in, in this, you know, in a new, whole new way. So like that's, I guess that's what people, that's how I figured out what people meant. Like everything's going to change. Like, and of course, logistically, like, yeah, you have to figure out, you know, who childcare and figure out who's going to be, you know, with and who's, how are you going to work, who's going to work and when and all that, you know, stuff. But, um, yeah. but that, you know, that's, that's not the big change. I think the big change is like, you have this like new person in your life and <laughs> they're amazing. And like, you're just totally addicted to them. So yeah, that, well, that was I'm the a, big I'm change. I'm kind of a, I'm like a sappy sentimental guy, you know, oh, yeah. like I'll cry at an insurance commercial if it's shot well. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> You're going to love, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, and like, so I used to work uh, before, and especially before I met my wife, I would just work like 50 hours a week. Just why not? You know, it's like what I love doing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd, I'd work and then I'd like take a break and then I'd be like, I can't wait to go back to work because like I wanted to you know, mess around with some circuits or something. So, but I, you know, I've, I've cut that because now I have this like other, other love of my life, you know, it's mm -hmm. not just work. And then my wife, it's also, we have like a kid and, you know, spending time with him is like super fun. So, so I cap my hours now and, you know, I go home on time and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, so, so it just means I, I need imagine to be being like being in a, a pretty well established, you know, you're you're one of the the most well well known and well established makers in the in the game, pretty much. That probably helps, maybe shave off a little bit of that. Like I got to get in there, you know. You're kind of yeah. I mean, maybe you, from an outsider perspective, I feel like people would be like, oh, four MS, oh yeah, they're 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 fine. Like you you, they don't need to worry about <laughs> like <laughs> keeping on top of the game. They're fucking four MS, you know. They got this. But That's I funny. imagine as the you know, yeah, you know, from the inside, you're still not. like, <laughs> you're still like, wait, wait, we got to keep getting this, guys. Come on, like, yeah, what's happening here? No, um, but yeah, actually, it's just, I think more just that, that, like, we're large enough, we have a big team, so there's people that can cover, you know, for each other. So mm -hmm. it's just more that, you know, if I was a one man operation, then it would be harder to take a lot of time off and, you know, without really putting the whole business on pause. So the fact that, you know, we've had a bunch of people, like, it was, it was pretty easy. That's cool. So. Um, and do you, so I, I guess you, you probably just answered the question I wanted to get to next, but like, mm -hmm. so we were just talking about the woodworking thing. Um, I'm sure it's kind of, you know, one year old son, it's probably this, it's probably mostly him, but are you able to balance like side passions with, with the modular stuff and keep yourself kind of, well, I guess does, does the modular stuff still keep you kind of creatively, um, your, th your thirst quenched, or do you have to find other outlets? Like, I've always wondered how people who are successful in something that they love, after years of being successful in that, how do they keep it going, and do they have to find other ways, or have you just maintained the same amount of enthusiasm? Or Yeah, um, you know, I just kind of, I feel like I'm just, like, following, like, kind of, like, wandering through a forest, you know, but not in a lost yeah. way, just, like, in a, in uh -huh. a, in a, like, a magical forest, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. Like there's new things around. Like I don't, I don't feel like I need to get other. Um, <clears throat> what do I say? Like seek out other interests. Cause like I'm always, I just have this like 
back list of like things that I'm I want to pursue more and um and it's all and it's like I think even it's broader than just modular like that's just what I've been doing for the past like whatever decade or so but mm-hmm. um but it's all it's it's about uh yeah I think creating things and technology is is sort of where um it's at. and then music because it's I like I love sound and I just I'm super it's super like interests me just like sound and I'm like in watching my kid also the way he hears sound like differently than other <laughs> uh-huh. kids I'm like you got it too you know you're just you're like <laughs> just really interested in like timbral nuances and stuff and like we'll just listen to like banging on a metal bar you know for like 5 <laughs> minutes and I'm like yes you're my kid you're definitely my kid <laughs> You got to give him one of those little, uh, like that. Maybe get him an H four, an H six might be a little big for him now. Yeah, so like can field record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but so like I've been working on. I've been, um, you know, I have. I'm just looking, okay, this is a podcast, so you can't see. I'm looking over my shoulder, but um, but there's a like touch kind of like interfaces, different interfaces, like just watching mm-hmm. um, how kids try and play a synth. Like, um, I I think like. Touching is like a really just basic, you know, we all have an inner one-year-old inside of us, you know, that mm-hmm. just wants to like grab something, touch something. I think that's why like hardware is so fun to use because, you know, you get to, you're touching, you're using, mm-hmm. you know, the tactile experience. But like touch surfaces are really fun too. And that's not, you know, I think that's why like phones are so, like everybody gets it, like 2.2 billion people have a phone and they everybody gets right. it. Swipe, you know, mm-hmm. zoom, like it's, it's like, it's just no brainer. Like you understand it right away. So that kind of thing, I'm like really, I've been playing with that as like interfaces because like even a little kid can do it and like any, you know, super pro is still going to be able to make really interesting stuff with mm-hmm. that, you know. So like iPad minus the screen basically is kind of where I'm I'm going. Okay. So like, 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 like a rackable thing or just kind of like a external device? I'm, I'm, yeah, external. I'm thinking handheld because the, the problem with the rackable is for an interface, you know, for a thing you're touching all the time is you have cables everywhere, so it's like they're always kind of right. your way. So I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. like yeah, a thing you can hold that like you can play, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to um, my buddy Kyle who does a Bukla podcast called Source of Uncertainty, and he he was saying what really drew him into Bukla, especially with like the easel, was having some sort of you know playable surface, which there yeah. are those things in modular, but it's it's yeah, it's more rare than it's you know you you don't you see them less often than. Yeah, and you know, and I guess this is where I was. I guess I was kind of relating this back to like feeling like I'm wandering through a magical forest. Is like, like <laughs> I don't know if this is even modular. Like maybe it's not right. modular, but like that's not my. You know, I'm not. Um, like I just want to make things that make music and like do it mm-hmm. in a beautiful way and like in a really interesting way and help push, give people tools to help push their music along because I want better music in the world. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like having these. You know, you know if it does, if it connects up to a Eurorack, that's if it's like you know Bluetooth to a computer, like or both, that's awesome. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever yeah. it's going to end up being, I don't really know, but um, I do. I kind of see this, yeah, this need for like an even more simple interface to super complex things. Right, so. right. Well, that's cool. I like that you um you you say you like I don't know if it's for modular. It could be, and like that that's cool that you don't kind of put that as a as a benchmark or some sort of parameter that is like, cause you're, you're auto, you'd be just automatically building a cage around that creative yeah. thing that isn't, that's amorphous. So it's cool that you, 
well, you're in the opportunity with uh, the success of the company, but it sounds like you'd do this anyways. It's just let the idea become what it is. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And when we were, when the company was starting out and we weren't really like, you know, I couldn't just like pay for research and design, you know, forever. But like <laughs> the thing is back then we were living, you know, the house in St. Louis and it was like super cheap and there was no mortgage and, you know, so I actually could afford to like uh-huh. make a couple of pedals, pay the rent and then the rest of the month I can just like play around and you know <laughs> so like i can't do that now because we live in portland and they're you know the rent's expensive yeah. and everything but right. <laughs> um you know but yeah there's enough like flow of of stuff that like we can actually experiment and you know buy some components that like we don't know if they're going to get used in a real product or not but that's okay because you know we have research and design money available so so that's yeah that's cool yeah it's fun um so yeah, we're we're probably getting close to uh, patch challenge time if you're oh, yeah. up for it. But sure. um, but before we do that, I definitely want to talk about the um, the uh, sphere, spherical wavetable navigator, or yeah. what do you guys call the Swan? Is that what you guys are Swan for, like, short. for sure? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I was really like I was blown away that you were able. And it's probably I don't know. if... I'm not an engineer, but I was blown away when I saw that it was basically like the form factor of the SMR. Yeah. Like, but a totally different thing. I thought that was such a cool choice and to have them like next to each other would just probably like, you know, like it double as a Christmas tree. Like, yeah, I like to, I like to turn my rack on next to the Christmas tree at Christmas time. So yeah. it just adds to it. And I could see that being a really nice oh, touch. No, that's a great um, idea. It's like little um, <laughs> ornament hooks for little yeah. you know, pods for the, and you could have a little power pack. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dude, you guys should totally do pod ornaments. That's yeah, <laughs> with a little battery pack in the back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I'll be looking for that on, on the Instagram in, in December. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, Go ahead. Oh, I just said I'm just still basking in that idea. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious... That thing, from what I can understand of, you know, I've, I've messed with it a little bit. Um, actually, when Daedalus was in town, I got total name drop right there, I know. But um, I got to hang out with him and, and go to a sound check. And it was like right when it had come out or it was close to when it came out. And he was letting me mess with it. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is, it's, it's, it's a contained synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, you, you could get that in a pod and play a show. Yep. Like that that's that's pretty crazy in the modular world. There's a few things I'm sure that if I, you know, that could do something similar, but that thing or not similar, but you could play with one. Right, um, right, right. Sorry, the coffee is just now kicking in. Um <laughs> I guess where how does an idea that big start? Is it oh, three gosh. ideas and then you say, "Hey, this could all fit into one package" or cuz that thing's deep. Well, it, you know, yeah, um, it started with, I mean, the SMR, really, like, which, because, mm-hmm. I mean, and for, it, obviously, it never really left, never got that far from the tree, um, but the, mm-hmm. it was originally the SMR, and then was, the SMR was kind of supposed to be a filter, and then as, you know, as developing it, it kind of is like, well, it's really a resonator, not really a resonant filter, because it's more fun to kind of use it to make its own sounds. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and we released that. And then this the kind of the repeated, like, mantra of people was like, wouldn't it be cool if it had, like, more, if you could make different sounds than just, like, the kind of sine wavy resonant filter sound? And mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm like, well, then it wouldn't be a filter. It'd just be, like, a totally different thing. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe we should make a, 
uh, alt firmware for it, where it's an oscillator, mm -hmm. where it's like generating oscillator. And like I liked um, wavetable oscillators was just like for me. Um, I, I loved my E three fifty at the time, um, and I just like yeah. If I'm gonna make an oscillator, I'm gonna make a wavetable oscillator. So that was um, just kind of like on the table. Like, you know, I, I started researching some wavetable oscillator, like, methods of doing it and stuff and whatever. But, uh, and then we hired a new engineer um, to work for us, and he just grabbed it and was like, yeah. I mean, actually, before he even started working, like, when we were like, I think we're thinking about hiring you, he was like, I want to do the wavetable oscillator thing, you know. <laughs> so, so as an alt firmware to the, to the SMR was the original... Um, you know, so we started them out like, okay, well, first here, help us rewrite the, you know, we had a new upgraded firmware to the SMR, and so we kind of learned the framework of it, and then, um, and then did a lot of the coding uh, for the for the Swan, and um, you know, it just kind of evolved, like, because you start with this, you start with this like panel, you know, like imagine you just have the SMR, and you're like, okay, now we're going to redefine everything on it. Mm -hmm. So, and they were like, well, what are the envelope outs? You know, because on the SMR, you know, they like track the signal through each filter band. But that doesn't really mm -hmm. make sense with an oscillator because it's not really a filter. You're not really inputting a thing. So we're like, oh, LFOs, you know, there'll be LFO mm -hmm. outs. And then like that kind of, and it was always this thing of like, oh, we can add another switch and another knob, but you know, like feature creep and then backing down and creeping back and forward. And it took a few years to kind of get it where it's powerful enough, but it's also hopefully not too overwhelming uh <laughs> at least if it's overwhelming it's because there's so many pretty lights and <laughs> i don't know but um yeah it just kind of you know it kind of grew and uh like a lot of the challenge was how do you have an interface to this like engine mm -hmm. so yeah so that's okay so that's interesting that makes more sense now of why it's got the same you know the same form factor um but then you ended up just not doing it as an alternative firmware because it probably just way too many changes and that yeah. the dial, like the panel wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and the um the the main thing was just the the accuracy the resolution, the accuracy of the um of the SMR. It was never intended to be like one volt per octave accuracy. So I don't like just in the world of engineering, like that's a really difficult specification to to reach where you, it can, um, for a device to be able to be stay in tune throughout, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm explaining this poorly, but like, basically, <laughs> like, we can, humans, we can hear things that are out of tune by like maybe three to eight cents, which, you know, three mm -hmm. to eight hundredths of a semitone. So, like, mm -hmm. we can hear that. It's difficult to, to make a hardware device in Eurorack where you have all these crazy voltages, like modules. You never know what modules going to be next to it, how noisy someone's power mm -hmm. supply is going to be. You have all these like random factors. To make something accurate enough where it can always be in tune with what you patch into there is, is difficult. Um, you know, unless you start, it's difficult. Even, so we, mm -hmm. we had to start from ground up on that because it just was never going to, the SMR hardware is never going to, uh, be in tune unless we forced it to quantize to like only major scales or only 12 tone music but like i couldn't sit well with that like i you know yeah we, we need we need um you need to be able to program in weird scales and do like pitch bandy stuff you can't just quantize so mm -hmm. 
So yeah, so we just we it's so we split the hardware and, and just started doing um, using more higher resolution um, chips and stuff. So okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, that thing. It's it seems like from the little I've I've messed with it and just watched I watched your demo. Um, I think you did you did from Portland, but it was for uh, Superbooth. Okay, was that right? I don't remember. I made so many videos. <laughs> um, yeah, you were like doing like a like a. Just a, a, a demo in front of people, and I'm pretty sure you were in Portland, oh. and it was, and then, but it said it was for Superbooth. I don't, I don't know. Oh, but, I did a demo at Superbooth. Oh, maybe I misread it. Maybe you were know. just at Superbooth. Oh, it's okay. like Dan from Portland doing a demo for Superbooth. I was I confused, know. so I must yeah. have read that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't but know. Where I was yeah. going with that is is just from what I've seen you do do on that video and a couple other videos and and messing with it in shops is. Uh, while it seems like it's very deep and you could really dive into it and do a lot of stuff with it, it seems like you can also put it in your rack and have fun with it in a few minutes. Oh, totally. And yeah. to, to me, that's like a huge, like if a module is deep, I got to be able to have fun with it in the first few minutes or else, cause I just, I'm not really the type of guy that's going to sit with a, a manual for too long until I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I want to learn more, you know, right. I want to have fun first and then, right. you know, it's like what you were saying. It's like the one-year-old, you know, I want to just, I want to, I want to turn all the buttons and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, cool so. stuff needs to start happening or else you're just, it's going to lose your attention, you know. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you guys like consciously think when you're making something complex? Like we have to make this like accessible from the get-go? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's like so sad to like make something that's amazing and you know is amazing and you know mm-hmm. other people would find it amazing too, but people don't give it a chance because it, you know, it, it, cause it's, cause it's, there's barriers to mm-hmm. either cause it's like way too expensive or like the interface is weird or for whatever reason, like it's just, you show it to someone and they're like, I don't get it. You know? And like, if you can spend the time like showing someone, like try this, try this. No, no, no. Do it like this. And then, then they find it amazing, but it's just sad to like put all this time into something. And then like people just are like, I don't get it. You know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, so, that'd be hard. So yeah, so especially like, the amount of time you put into it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's years, it's years, and you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, definitely. How like what does it look like at first? Like, what's the first impression is um, is important because it's it's going to be what it's going to be like how people initially just reach out and you know, like it's got to be like it's got to say, play with me, I'm really fun, and totally, yeah, and That's and it has to I've actually seen a lot of people. Yeah. Like I've I've seen people like uh, I don't know, you know Facebook can be a pretty nasty place. I've oh, yeah. seen I've seen people kind of talk shit like, you know, so this looks amazing. Well, it shouldn't be how it looks and it's like I don't I totally disagree. Ultimately the sound and and the the interface it's, you know, it's sound interface and then or function interface and then, you know, aesthetic for yeah. me. But aesthetic is still a huge part of it. And like you said, it's going to draw me in and it's going to continue to draw me in. Like I have a few modules that I just like, sometimes I turn on my case just to have a blink. Like it's like yeah. a light display, you <laughs> yeah, know, I'll sit there great. for hours on and <laughs> yeah, sure. It. We're visual creatures, you know, like we like Absolutely. lights and, and when light and sound are happening together, it's like very pleasing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's not just aesthetic, but it's gotta be like, it's gotta be, make you feel curious mm-hmm. you know not totally. just like look yeah. pretty but you got to be like that looks interesting and it looks like i could just turn that wow wow that's so cool you know yeah like and then that's what brought me into the smr was that mm-hmm. the, that's the the rotary there with the lights that change and mm-hmm. everything i was just like what is that thing what yeah. is that yeah yeah 
That's totally awesome. Um, okay, and before we get into this, I also have to say um, one of my biggest regrets, and I and I'm, I just hate to tell you this because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had a DLD, and yes, I said had, oh. and my dumb ass thought that I was going to move all of my effects outside of my rack so I could, um, you know, just pack more utility into my my 7U case. I heard your podcast where you said you were going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So you did it. I wish I could. Yeah, I I did. And I regret it immensely. Yeah, I think so. I think the DLD is the the gold standard for delay in in Eurorack. Um, So I just kind of wanted to ask how that how that came about and because I know you collaborated on that one is that right yeah that's uh Gary Hall who um he's like a old pioneer in um delay looping delays like you know going back to the 80s so like back when this was first like a looper wasn't even a word people knew um uh-huh. so he's in that like original original looping crowd um and yeah he just approached me at NAM back in 2015 or I think or something um and I was working on a sampler, uh, which eventually okay. became the SDS sampler. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was just like, hey, what could you use this to loop? And I'm like, well, you could, but you know, it'd be better to have a different kind of setup because this is reading off an SD card and, you know, whatever. So, and we just started talking about um, different looping delay ideas. And he, yeah, I really liked his idea. Like, oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that would be really fun. I think that would be a separate thing than the sampler. I don't want to try and make the sampler into that. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, we just, yeah, he made a little mock-up and we, and then I just did the hardware and the software and, you know, he yeah, tested so it that, out against his like ideas of what a looper should be. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I love it. It's, um, it's, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you liked it. Uh, it's, it's just, it's so, it's, it makes the sounds that whatever you put in, which I like. All right, I'm interrupting this conversation. I'm interrupting myself talking to Dan because uh, while we were talking, my my DAW dropped out. So there is a whole section uh, missing where I just basically gushed about how much I love the DLD and how I was listening to my upcoming album the other day and realized how much DLD was all over it and how as soon as I get my Needham Woodworks case and I have the room, I will be getting another DLD. And then, um, yeah... I think we could probably pick up with through context uh, where the conversation goes, but yeah, sorry about the interruption. Back to Dan and Tim. So what what's it like to collaborate on something like that with somebody if you're if they're doing like the I don't know if somebody's doing hardware and somebody's doing software that seems like kind of a weird I don't know how does that <laughs> communication happen like what what is that like? It's, That's actually the easiest split. Yeah, I mean it, um, <laughs> the it's. Yeah, so like we also collaborate with Matthias Puesh, um, and I'm working mm-hmm. on a collaboration with him right now um, on a new module. And you know, we had done the tapographic delay together as well, and that was a hardware software split, uh, pretty much. You know, we, um, you know, whatever. Uh, we we work, work well, pretty pretty well together. So, um, mm-hmm. but that was the basic the basic line we drew, and um, yeah, it, it works pretty well. I think there's a lot. Of, I think there's some. You know, when you're just by yourself, you have the efficiency of, like, you can answer your own questions right away, or at least mm-hmm. pursue, and then um, you don't have to bug somebody and then wait for them to reply, you know. So so any kind of collaboration, there's, like, it's slower because of that. But 
you also have two brains working on it, so it's faster mm -hmm. because of that. Right, and right. not only just about time, but like you get just more creative, um, mm -hmm. you know. And 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 it's really great to have another, like, gosh, there's so many times when I'm making something and I'm like, I've been looking, I've been doing it for so long, you know, for like just days and days, just staring at this one button, the color of it. I just can't even understand. I can't. It's like, is this weird? Is this look weird? Like when it flashes <laughs> like that, is that? Does that tell you it's broken, or does it tell you uh -huh. it looks cool? Like I just can't even see it from an outside <laughs> perspective anymore. So it's right, nice having right. you know another person, and it goes both ways. Like you know, someone will put an idea out, and like I'm just like I don't understand what you're getting at with this. You know, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Okay, but we got to present it a different way because uh -huh, you know, right? Like, oh yeah. Same yeah. with mixing an album or something. I I have I, you know, I have to have a few friends that I know who'll give me the they'll give me the truth. You know, hey, listen to this mix and mm -hmm. don't tell me that you like the song. I want you to listen to the mix. Right. And they'll tell me. And you you have to have that because you write. Sometimes you're just too close to something to see it. Yeah. You, know? you yeah you need yeah it's like an edit. You know, you're writing. You need an editor. You can't edit your mm -hmm. own stuff. It just doesn't work. Right. So totally. So, yeah. so collaboration is great. Um, you know. With the right people, of course. But yeah, right. So that's and it. Seems pretty cool. You you alluded to it or mentioned it in the waveform interview that you know, like, if someone gives you a good idea, if you like it, you're you know, it's not like you're not like, well, that wasn't my idea for a forum as a module. Like somebody had an idea and you're like, that's cool. Let's let's work together on it. Like to be open like that is just like, I think I've noticed two traits in this talk from you is that, that that willingness to kind of be receptive to other people's ideas and also the, the willingness to not put an idea into a certain region or box and let it become its own thing. I think those are probably two major testaments to the success of the company. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, it definitely to our, like, I think it has shaped us a lot, that kind of, mm -hmm. um, and, also, it's also like what I'm criticized the most for, and like, I mean, in in in, in an in an accurate, you know, in an honest, accurate way, like, like mm -hmm. because um, I can never answer the question, like, when is that going to come out? Because I don't even right. have, I mean, you know, like once we're like once it's almost towards the end, I usually can, but like to the beginning, like I don't even know what it's going to be, you know, mm -hmm. like is mm -hmm. this going to be? I don't even know if I'm going to want to finish it, like, because it's things i just the way i work is so um i'll i don't have clear parameters from the start and that's like mm -hmm. pretty i think if you go to business school and you're talking about product design and stuff like that's just a big no-no like yeah like, i'm not yeah. doing it right and um <laughs> and and in the in the you know and because of that like we end up taking us years sometimes to release something with no clear like how much is it going to cost the company to, you know, develop this thing? I don't know. I'm not even keeping track. <laughs> yeah, it just hopefully we just we just have to make it. Like we just I'm have to make it. I'm anxiety listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, it's working out so far. It's working um, out somehow. Yeah. So what I usually do, I'm uh, I didn't I'm I'm going to look rude to you really quick. The listener won't notice, but I, I go to this um, creativity combination maker for the adjective and noun and i know i should do this before the show but sometimes a, a a pair of adjectives and nouns come up that are kind of pertinent to what we've been talking about so far oh, okay so i like to just sit here and generate some until we get something cool, cool. um and while i do that what's just like a a, a day 
a, you know, a Monday morning going into 4MS office for Dan Green? Like, what's, a, what's an eight-hour day of work like? <laughs> um, well, the, the first thing is the door opens, and then the coffee machine, <laughs> coffee machine turns on. We have a super, what's it called? super automatic espresso maker thing. So, oh, nice. You know, starting up, uh, we're in of the, the bird gears, bird grinder, and um, uh, hearing that nice, pleasing sound of the espresso shots dripping into your <laughs> cup. Um, so that's how it starts. And um, usually... I get in, usually I'm like supposed to do something like email first, but I'm like pick up just some, just something catches my eye. Like it's on my desk because it's just kind of a mess of stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I got to do that. Pick it up, um, plug it in. Like it's broken maybe, or, you know, I have some idea of how to fix it, but I just start, I just usually dive into something right away and mm -hmm. get a little lost into it as I'm just sort of coming out of the fog. And eventually the coffee kicks in, and then I think, okay, you know what I really need to be doing is I need to email that person back because they've been waiting for three days. And so then I go to, you know, then I go and I, I, I you know, open up, yeah, the, the programs I'm supposed to be using, and and um, do a little business, admin, whatever it is, ordering parts or getting back to someone about something, and then, um, and then yeah, so and then other, I, I get here pretty early. Um, and usually around 7.30 to 8 or so. So other people start to trickle in a little later. Um, and, you know, once there's a few people here, we start getting, like, uh, more interacting with each other. We're waking up and, you know, people have questions or we uh, start working on some uh, updates on designs because we, we, you know, there's, there's multiple people working on different things here. Mm -hmm. So someone will be like, hey, what are those PC boards? And... You know, or hey, can you check this schematic? I I don't know, you know, where this sh this should go, and um, and then uh, yeah, sometimes we have meetings in the afternoon here. Um, okay. You know. So it sounds like everybody kind of has like a there some agency day day to day and just kind of checks in and everybody kind of knows what they're doing. And Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We're all that's... yeah, yeah. Very very loose, very flexible. We don't have set schedules here. Um, uh. You know, people, there was like, whatever, unlimited, unpaid time off or whatever. You know, basically, you, if you're not feeling it, don't force yourself to show up here. Um, so are you hiring? I'll move to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I know. You probably get that a lot, though, huh? People probably like, hey, I, I've, uh, I, I can do DIY really well. Can I get a yeah. job? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No. I, um we do. I usually just, I don't know how, like somehow we just like end up hiring somebody because they're just like standing there like, oh, you know, we really need someone to do this. Hey, you, are you employed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I got this, this adjective generator is kind of lame. Like I have to usually go through like 50 before I get anything that's remotely cool. Oh, really? So I've got four that I think are remotely cool for okay. you to choose from. I didn't want you to have to sit through too much more of that. So competitive sensation. Hmm. Musical punch, magical glory, <laughs> or ab abstract entity. Oh man! None of, none of <coughs> Gosh, which it's are hard, that it's hard between cool. abstract entity and magical glory. Yeah, those are that's the my, that's the two uh, I'd be in between as well. I think I think I have to go with magical glory. 
Yeah. Sweet. I was hoping you'd go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's kind of thematic of what we were talking about. I was wandering through yeah. some magical forest. I have no idea where I came up with that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but that's, that sounds about right. Sounds Perfect. Like, okay. Hell, we could, we could change it to magical forest. Magical forest. Okay. You want to yeah. do magical forest? Let's wander yeah, the let's magical forest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Totally. <laughs> it is I, Abe from AI Synthesis. Baxter Kitty and I have hijacked this podcast. I have all the power. I can noodle on my roads or send you secret details, which I will do now. I want to tell you about the AI08 Matrix Mixer, available at AISynthesis.com and other fine retailers. <laughs> Feed effects into themselves to create drones. Feed an LFO into itself, making it sound like a robot. And now, a future module modulating itself. A matrix mixer facilitates all of these. Go to AISynthesis.com to learn more. <laughs> How was that? That was fun. Magical forest. <laughs> it was fun. I'm playing it through the background. Yeah, it was definitely a journey through a forest. I got lost a couple times and uh, found some <laughs> magical creatures to help me along. Um, yeah, I always like to ask people what the being under the 15-minute clock is like was it stressful or was it exhilarating i get both answers oh yeah um actually having a time in my head was kind of a distraction because um you know i I recognize it's 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 you know we have to and usually when you perform you have to have some kind of time limit in mind but you know then Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like doing something that i'm like oh wait how much time do i have and you know i look over um so, yeah, I, I think neither was just kind of a, like, um, background necessity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd only do the, the timed thing because the first couple of episodes I ever did, <laughs> we ended up sitting there for um, messing with the, with the patch longer than we actually talked. Yeah. And it was just like, how do I edit this? No, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> this can't be a... Th- <laughs> I told, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, you need the time limit. You know, just like you can't just have a band go up on stage. You got to be like, okay, you have a 20-minute set, and there's another band after you. You know. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did you use what was uh, what was some of the stuff that you used? Um, for I started with uh, so the Eloquencer I've been using a lot lately for um, sequences because it has eight CV gate outputs, and then the Swan has six inputs. So I've been using those together a lot because it's okay. Yeah, they just like it's awesome. And then um, so it has a little mode where you can. So I have, yeah, anyways, I had that patched into the Swan. I just kind of did like one channel at a time, you know, first. Um, and it has a little uh, keyboard mode on the sequencer where you can live record like your button. You, know, you can play it like a keyboard and it records that looping. So Ooh. I just do that to get like a r- randomish loop of notes and then, um, then add another channel, um, which ended up, that channel was set to some really noisy wavetable which sounded cool it ended up being like very percussive so suddenly i had like a kind of dirty snare rhythm going oh which was cool Uh yeah and so then um and then i think i put another yeah i did that for a little bit and then uh and then i turned i did a few channels so it was like a poly you know or whatever a 
polyphonic little melody going on, and then um, I started playing with another device, which I'm not allowed to tell you much about, but it makes sound, and um, <laughs> so you can hear it on here, um, and I was making some sounds with that and having fun, and also still like, we're still like developing it, so I'm, you know, I'm still like, uh, is this working? Oh yeah, that's working, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, so that's like, got lost a few times there, and then, um, yeah, I just kind of went back and forth between the swan and that new thing, and the Eloquencer, um, and then through, started, uh, I got the Eloquencer clock out into my peg, and then used some two synced envelopes from the peg to start modulating the new module, um, and getting some like more kind of percussive-y sounds out of that. So th like, there's a good mix of like rhythm sections going on and some mel melodies going on. Um, uh, I felt, I haven't listened to it again yet, but uh, um, yeah, and then kind of just sort of eventually got bored of the swan sounds and started moving to the other module sounds and then got bored of that after a little bit and moved back to the swan sounds um, and passed it through the tapographic delay Okay. While it was faded down, I passed it through the tapo to get the kind of reverby thing. And that's actually how I ended it, which is always, you know, like when you have something going through reverb and then you just cut the the sound source and let the reverb just tail out. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, mm -hmm. classic. Sweet. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with me this morning. Yeah. Is there anything that you um, maybe had something in mind you wanted to say or anything that you want to shout from the modular mountaintops before we, uh, before we sign off? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, keep making music, <laughs> keep experimenting, uh, keep making music, you know, to anyone who's, who's listening. Um, yeah. Don't, don't let yourself get in a box. Yeah. So good, good advice. Know. Yeah. And is, is there, and then, um, anything you want to plug? Is there any music that you've made that you'd like people to check out or, oh, uh, I have no obviously idea. for uh, MS? <laughs> if you've been listening to this this whole time, you've probably heard enough of me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> congratulations. You, uh, you made it. Didn't. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't No, I don't, uh, I don't have many recordings up on the web cause I just kind of make music and then it just, you know, like sand paintings blows away in the wind or yeah. whatever. So, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Well, that was really fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. It was uh, a long time coming. I've been wanting to talk to Dan for a long time. But I don't know why I was nervous. I, I was I was nervous to ask him to be on, but I I shouldn't have been because he's such a such a nice guy as you just heard. And um, yeah, I don't think I've got much else to say. Go check out Expert Sleepers. Their new uh, their new firmware updates. Um, pretty pretty dope. Um, and AI Synthesis they got a new uh, ma matrix mixer. Um, module, and you, if you're into the DIY thing, they are the place to go. Also, check out 4MS. That uh, that Swan that we were talking about is pretty awesome, and be on the lookout. Hopefully, I'll be getting a new DLD soon. Maybe I'll ask for one for Christmas for my wife. She doesn't like when I ask for musical gear, but yeah, I just I just wanna I just want a DLD again. Anyways, let's get into uh, Dan Green's Magical Forest. Until next week. Thank you.